Hey, Prime members, did you know that you could be listening to this show ad-free on Amazon Music? With Amazon Music, you get access to the most ad-free top podcasts. Avoid the ads and start listening today. There's this sound that's happening around the world. Kind of like this. It can be hard to detect with traditional acoustic instruments. And some people feel it more than they hear it. It can happen in the city or the country. And it's slightly different depending on where in the world you are. Some describe it like a low rumble and others call it a constant droning sound. But people have come to call this sound the hum. Yes, we, we have the, the hum, the, the Bristol hum is probably the famous one, Bristol being a city down the south, which is actually where I was born. This is Trevor Cox. He's a professor of acoustic engineering at the University of Salford in England, near Manchester. He started studying acoustics in the 1990s. He says the hum sometimes registers in the low frequencies, around the edge of what humans are capable of hearing. I get quite a lot of regular emails from people saying, I've got this terrible low frequency sound. Can you help me here? These are sounds that once you hear them, people often describe them as near impossible to unhear. There's heated debate about where the sounds come from. Professor Cox suspects they come from a variety of sources, many that have to do with the reality of 21st century living. I mean, some of the weather events that create hum, we don't get. We don't get such extreme weather in Britain. But, uh, you know, uh, wind farms, distant sonic booms. We have aircraft flying very fast or industrial processes that turn on and off and create this, this sound. Yeah, we have all those sound effects as well. Another confounding quirk about the hum is that not everyone hears it. If we stick a couple of people in a room, one person might be hearing it and one person might not because we seem to have quite different sensitivity to these low-frequency sounds. And therefore, you have this position where someone is, you know, hearing something and their friends say, well, it isn't a problem, I can't hear anything. And then that starts to make you doubt whether it's really there or not. More and more research connects the body's reaction to unwanted noise with physical symptoms like hypertension, cardiovascular disease, even mental illness. This research has increased the work being done to combat noise pollution. And the problem is garnering more attention from materials scientists and engineers. They've begun playing with new types of substances, meta and nanomaterials, to tackle unwanted sound at its source. And they're starting to get results. From the Wall Street Journal, this is the future of everything. I'm Janet Babin. Today on the podcast, part two of our exploration of our ever noisier world and new solutions to make it a quieter place. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. Robert Half is here to help. Our recruiting professionals utilize our proprietary AI to connect businesses with highly skilled talent. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. (laughs) 
Researchers have been thinking about how to reduce noise for a while. In the past, the way to soundproof something was to create thick acoustic barriers made of heavy sound-trapping materials. But those are impractical for addressing some of our modern-day noise emitters. Transportation, machines, HVAC systems, that kind of heavy barrier is not going to work for these things. Barriers that block sound often also prevent air from getting through. The world needed to find a way to create sound barriers that were light as air instead of thick and heavy. So researchers began playing around with alternative materials in their quest to make sound disappear. This is Nick Feng calling from MIT. I'm currently a professor of mechanical engineering, and uh, we have been working on capturing light and sound waves using nanoscale materials and structures. Nick Fang, now at MIT, is one of the researchers who's been defining the cutting edge of acoustic engineering. Back in the early 2000s, Fang was working on a doctorate in mechanical engineering at UCLA. He and a partner were trying to create a material that would make objects invisible. Like an invisibility cloak. Yeah, very Harry Potter. We were collaborating on the concept of invisible cloak and more fundamentally, materials that lead to transparency or the exotic uh, effect of refraction of light. This might sound crazy, but you've actually seen it happen in real life. Nature has its own way of making an invisibility cloak. Like when you see a car on a highway in the distance, Sometimes it seems as if the car is floating above the road, like a mirage. So this is actually a very important experience that uh, shows us light can bend over a curved pathway. Feng says this happens when the ground is hot, but the air is cool. The layer just above the ground is warm, and it's so warm that it can bend or refract the light back upwards. And this is because the index of refraction of uh, air, because of heating, is changing gradually from the bottom to close to the ground uh, and to the uh, cold side. And it appears that this light is coming from the ground. Viewed at the right angle, the highway seems to disappear. For his doctorate, Fang was looking at how to create materials that would replicate this effect without heat. A way to make light bend so that objects underneath the material seem to vanish. In 2004, Feng was almost done. The semester was ending. He was finishing up his thesis. You can uh, imagine this was a, a uh, kind of a late spring, uh, beginning of summer. It was the end of his last semester. I was tired of writing papers. To clear his head, Fang goes to see an organ pipe recital at UCLA's Royce Hall. I uh, went there by myself. Uh, I just wanted to have a random work on campus and take a, a, some kind of relaxing moment. Sitting in the theater, Fang had what he described as a eureka moment. Yeah, it was during the concert that we had this connection. 
He started to think about the similarities between the light particles he'd been researching and the sound he was hearing. I start to realize the beauty of comparing the optical materials as well as acoustic materials. At the first glance, it was just a mathematical beauty that I found. But later, I realized that there are very similar challenges and needs that drive the advancement of both fields. Fang took his idea back to his lab mates, but the response initially was a bit flat. The team had been focused on optics, not acoustics. But Fang kept at it, and eventually he co-authored a paper showing the similarities between the principles of an invisibility cloak and an acoustical cloak. He demonstrated that in the same way that you can refract light, you can also bend and focus sound waves in a prescribed fashion to go around objects. In 2011, he and a team successfully demonstrated proof of this concept. They used ultrasound or sonar to detect a steel rod in a water tank, very much as a submarine would do to detect objects in the water. Then they covered it with their acoustic material like a cloak. The material was able to bend the specific pathway of that ultrasound so that it didn't bounce off the post, essentially making it invisible for sonar. Now Fang's at MIT, and he's designed a lightweight soundproofing material that's meant to keep sound from escaping from its source. The material looks like a thin sheet of rubber, like a membrane. Two of these rubber sheets or membrane things are kind of suspended between each other, creating a grid of rubber sheets placed on top of a stiff honeycomb-like structure, kind of like corrugated cardboard, but super thin. Imagine that uh, now we can coat layered materials onto a surface, and such layered material can be tailored such that the speed of sound next to the surface will be higher than the speed of sound over the outer layers. Fang says when a sound wave reaches one surface, part of its energy is reflected back to where it came from. How much of the sound is reflected depends on how stiff and dense the material is. The sound absorbing material is lightweight but stiff, so it's able to reflect airborne noise. In the lab, with the special material folded to create a covering of 10 millimeters, or just over three-eighths of an inch thick, Fang was able to reduce noise from a loudspeaker by 35 decibels. The difference between walking next to a noisy vacuum cleaner or walking into a quiet room at the library. Fang thought about the difference that could make with vehicle noise. He's since patented this material, and it's on the cusp of becoming commercially available. He's working with Nissan Motor Company to build the soundproofing technology into the engine cover of its vehicles and to add it as a sound-insulating shield under the motor. The process is expected to be completed within three to five years. It'll make life quieter for people riding in the vehicle and for people walking outside of it as well. While Fang's technology is headed for commercialization, other materials scientists are already working on the next generation of noise control. That's coming up next. 
AI may be the most important new computer technology ever, but AI needs a lot of processing speed, and that gets expensive fast. Upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is the single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. Do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic. Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash wallstreet, oracle.com slash wallstreet. The soundproofing technology that Nick Fang created uses man-made materials with properties that aren't found in the natural world. They're known as metamaterials. If you ask 10 different people what metamaterials are to them, you'll probably get 10 different answers. Dr. Stephen Kummer is a professor of electrical and computer engineering at Duke University. Now, you might know that sound gets bounced off of hard surfaces, like metal or glass, and it gets absorbed by softer materials like wood or fabric. That's because of those materials' natural cellular structure. But Kummer says metamaterials can be designed to do either. So, for me, the idea behind metamaterials is the idea of using intentionally designed structure in a material to control wave propagation through the material, whether it's sound waves for acoustic metamaterials or um, electromagnetic properties for light or radio waves. But the idea is really just not taking what nature gives you in terms of material properties that can control wave propagation, but designing small-scale structure inside a material to give you new or better or different properties. These building block structures can be very tiny, but for sound control, they're not as tiny as you might think. For sound waves, like audio frequencies, you know, the the frequencies that we're listening to and using to converse right now, the wavelengths of those waves are like tens of centimeters. And so the size of that small scale structure, what qualifies as small scale, is totally macroscopic, like a handful of millimeters or even a centimeter. But you do have to be specific about what you want. To configure a structure so that it interacts with a specific frequency, Kummer says researchers will spend hours on numerical simulations. Once you have the idea of the kind of structure you want to put together, you always have to fine-tune the properties. What's the grid size? How small does it have to be? All of those details influence the resulting properties. So everybody in this business does a ton of computer modeling to fine-tune the properties of that structure before going to experiment. Kummer says a decade ago, researchers were hyper-focused on delivering exotic physical properties that the theory said you could technically make if you found the right building blocks. There was less concern about targeting a specific application for the materials. Now the field is, I think, much more focused on trying to find practical applications or practical devices that can be improved by using acoustic metamaterials. 
And that is the approach of Dr. Shin Zhang's team. She's a professor at the College of Engineering at Boston University. The team went into its research with a specific goal. The question of whether we can silence sound waves while maintaining airflow has inspired the research community for decades. In many situations, it can be impossible to use soundproofing because it blocks airflow. We don't think about this much, but it's pretty obvious. Adequate airflow is vital to mechanical systems. If there's a lack of air, components can overheat, they can fail, function inefficiently, or break down altogether. And some of these are machines or applications that get blamed for that hum sound, like wind turbines, propellers, engines, cooling fans, pipes. So there are all kinds of mechanical applications that would benefit from lightweight, see-through soundproofing that can stop noise, but still allow air to flow freely. And that's what Zhang's team did. They created a soundproofing device that Zhang calls an ultra-open acoustic silencer. It is shaped like a ring. It's completely open in the center, like a donut. In the lab, it was able to stop 94% of sound energy or sound waves coming out of a loudspeaker. Professor Zhang says the size of the device is flexible. Again, it's a mathematical design of the metamaterials on the inside that give it soundproofing abilities. Its silencing performance arises from a structural shape rather than uh, constitutive materials. That structure is made up of six tiny helical or corkscrew-shaped channels wrapped around a central port. Professor Kummer at Duke reviewed the work but was not involved in its design. And it turns out then that as sound tries to propagate through the channel, it interacts with those cavities that you've created that are off to the side. And with that, you can actually create frequency ranges that will not travel through those open channels, but instead are stopped. The sound is canceled out after its interaction with those open channels. In the lab, Professor Zhang's team attached the ring-shaped silencer to a pipe on the outside of a loudspeaker. The noise went from this to this. Zhang says the acoustic silencer is flexible not just in shape, but in the range of frequencies it can stop. So it can be tailored to various sizes, uses, tones, and types of sounds. We develop low-cost, 3D printable acoustic metamaterials capable of canceling noise at a specific frequency without blocking airflow. 3D printable materials can reduce costs and ease scalability. Zhang says she's still getting inquiries from companies regarding the acoustic silencer. By being so open, the silencer is able to uniquely address some of the key problems with many prior iterations of noise cancelers. Again, that they don't allow for that important airflow. Of course, every sound, each kind of noise, has its own signature, its own frequencies, and it will probably require its own solution. So the hum, if we're ever able to definitively identify it, 
will likely have to be dismantled piecemeal. Professor Kummer at Duke says wide-scale commercialization of metamaterials could change society. By some estimates from market research firms, the metamaterials market is valued at more than $300 million this year. But the research and development can also be a slog. I know this firsthand from my own research. When you're coming up with these new structures, you maybe have to make 10 or 20 versions of it before you get one that works because of all those fine details. And one out of 20 is just fine for scientific publication because your goal is just to show that you can do it. Um, But then once you start talking to a company, like you need to be able to hit 20 out of 20. And so there are a ton of problems that need to be solved on the design and manufacturing side. It took Nick Fang more than a decade to get his metamaterial from concept to cars. That's not to say that all commercialization projects would take that long. But the world is not getting quieter. And new sounds, like the whir of wind turbines or the buzz of delivery drones, will likely add to the din. All the more reason for us to start planning for the future of noise now. The Future of Everything is a production of The Wall Street Journal. Stephanie Ilgenfritz is the editorial director of The Future of Everything. Lee Camping Carter is deputy editor of The Future of Everything. Our fact checker is Maddie Bender. Thanks to our intern, Ava Sassani. Our sound designer is Sarah Gibble-Laska. Kateri Yokum is The Wall Street Journal's executive producer of audio. And I'm Janet Babin. Thanks for listening. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.